The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. And the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. If you'd like to know more about Christ Universal Temple, you can go to our website, www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org to watch archived lessons or to get more information about our ministry. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, please feel free to stop by. We'd love to see you. Sunday morning worship services, 1030 a.m. to 12 p.m. Now, we are in the midst of a series based upon Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, and this book is very powerful. And I'm only really giving an overview because I really couldn't, I really can't teach the book uh, one chapter at a time, week after week, um, without really only scratching the surface of what's actually in the material. You know, a book like this legitimately could be taught for a year just because it challenges people's sense of who they think they are. And I think the book is very important. I think it's one of the masterpieces of the modern era. You know, many times when we look at spiritual writings, we have a tendency, and I mean we, I mean as human beings, have a tendency to look back in the past and, you know, we look for the religion uh, the religious book, the scriptures, or we look for great philosophers and thinkers from 1,000 years ago or 500 years ago. So it's easy to praise, you know, someone like a uh, a Martin Luther or or you know uh, some type of Zen writer or origin from the Christian t- tradition or some Islamic uh, Amman or or Buddhist priest, Hindu philosopher. It's a lot harder to acknowledge that a true spiritual teacher is in your midst presenting material. And I consider Eckhart Tolle a modern prophet, not from the standpoint of people getting caught up in the prophet, as people say it now. Uh, Prophet doesn't mean biblically a person who predicts the future. A prophet is a person proclaiming the message of God. And I really believe that he has a message that is from spirit. And when you work with the material, 
it can impact you in a in a demonstrable way. Now, before I actually get into the book, and I'm teaching chapter four today, role playing the many faces of the ego. And again, I'm only going to scratch the surface on covering some of this material, just trying to help you get some insight. I want to read um, a quote from two different books. Uh, this is the first quote is from Lessons of Truth by H.M. Lacady, which I've used over and over again in this series, because one, it's a primary book for me. I read it a lot. I teach it to students in the Johnny Coleman Institute in Christ Universal Temple, and it's a secondary text after the Bible metaphysically interpreted in the Universal Foundation for Better Living. Now, on page 88, it states the words personality and individuality present distinct meanings to the trained mind, but by the untrained mind, they are often used interchangeably and apart from their real meanings. Now, this is how she was talking about how they were used when she wrote this book. Personality applies to the human part of you, the person, the the external. It belongs to the region governed by the intellect. Your personality may be agreeable or disagreeable to others. When you say you dislike anyone, you mean you dislike his personality. That exterior something that presents itself from the outside. It is the outer changeable man in contradistinction to the inner or real man. So, Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, is talking about this paragraph that we perceive ourselves in the context of our human consciousness, our personality, or he calls ego or egoic mind, and we're not necessarily in contact with our own inner spirituality, and we're not necessarily in contact with the spirituality in others. So in other words, as we were saying, New Thought, if I can't behold the Christ in me, it's very challenging to behold the Christ in you. And sometimes the good I see in you is because I refuse to see the good in myself. So I have to project it on someone else. So that person's loving. That person's powerful. That person's um, wise. That person's a leader. But you don't see those qualities within yourself. Not realizing that you can't see something in someone else that's not in your own consciousness. Because you're not seeing them. You're seeing people through the lens of your context. Now. Another, in my opinion, modern day prophet, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, wrote in the book, It Works If You Work It, which I actually taught in detail uh, about a year or two ago on this show. I don't remember exactly when I did it, but you can go back and and listen to those podcasts. Um, I think they would be beneficial. The book, It Works If You Work It, the Jubilee edition, page 69. She states, It is extremely important that we understand that an educated man cannot be held a slave and cannot be held in bondage. Once you get understanding, once you realize you do not have to eat the crumbs off of the table anymore, you can buy as many loaves of bread as you can pay for whenever you want to buy them. Now, what she's talking about is once you become free, you're not in bondage to anybody else. This is the context she's putting it in. She goes on by stating the moment you begin to know you will begin to be. This is what I am all about, educating people on how to live better lives. Once you get that education, nobody can take it away from you. Say to yourself, prosperity is my birthright. Prosperity is my birthright. That means I am entitled to it. I was born with it. I don't have to wait for you to give it, it for you to give it to me because it is mine by right of my own consciousness, and I'm supposed to have it. I am a child of God, a child of a king. I am joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I am prosperous, well-supplied, and have an abundance of good. Now, now, what she's saying is the truth about who she is, not the human personality. She's saying, well, the truth about me is my all-sufficiency is already within me because I'm already one with the source. So it's a shift in perception. Then she goes on to say, my question to you and myself is, what did hinder me? What is holding me back? What is wrong? Please don't say it is God's fault. What is wrong is that we are in bondage to what one writer called chalk marks. Some of us still have chalk marks around us, boundaries, limitations, 
in front on the side and in the back of us. We have stayed behind those chalk marks and accepted limitations. When we, all we have to do is step over them and move. We want to get out of the box completely. All we have to do is step over the line, but we've made it seem so complicated that we make much ado about absolutely nothing. And most of us remain in the box. Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, founder of the Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living and the Johnny Coleman Institute and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, to the book, because I, I wanted to give you that information because I wanted to make sure that you understood that you have to shift your context. What what Eckhart is saying in the book is you have to become aware when you're playing these roles, when you're wearing these hats, when you're being uh, dictated by your past and your emotions from the past that he calls the pain body, uh, which is not a body in the sense of, but he's talking about in the sense of form and expression, how it shows up and expresses in our lives. So he states on page 85, an ego that wants something from another and what an ego doesn't will usually play some kind of role to get its needs met, be there material gain, a sense of power, superiority or specialness or some kind of gratification, be it physical or psychological. Usually people are completely unaware of the roles they play. They are those roles. Some roles are subtle. Others are blatantly obvious, except to the person playing it. Some roles are designed simply to get attention from others. Now, I'm going to stop here for a moment. The roles we play. If I feel as though it's a need that I, if there's something that I want or need, et cetera, et cetera, then I will play a role to get that if I'm not being authentic and, and spiritual and present to who I am, not as a role, but who I am as I'm exercising or what's the word I want to use. If I'm not aware of the role that might be needed in that space, let me give an example. You can be in the same space doing the same thing and one is being driven by spirit and the other by ego. You can be at your job. And be very present that while you're at your job, you have agreed to do certain things for certain pay during certain times. And for that, you, you know, obviously will get whatever your reimbursement is. Now, there are expectations on both sides. So in that sense, you are playing a role. But it's one thing to play the role. And it's another thing to think you are the role. It's sort of like um, um, there used to uh, uh, a movie, and, and this is what Spirit is giving me. So please don't run out and, and get the movie. But what's coming to mind is uh, this movie where Robert Downey Jr. was playing a uh, 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 Australian uh, Australian man who had some type of procedure to make himself look black, so he can play a black Vietnam sergeant in the movie. So the movie was about a movie being made, but when, but he never came out of character. So he always played the black sergeant, even when he didn't have to. And so, so the director is, is yelling cut and he was still being character. Well, many of us stay in character. We stay in our roles, even beyond the need of the moment. In other words, it's perfectly for instance, you could be working at a, at, a, at a job and knowing that, okay, it's certain things that maybe that's a part of your personality or whatever that don't need to show up. So while you're there, you play that role. But we, but there are also people who show up and don't realize protocols and, and things that you're supposed to do in that setting. There are people who who parent everybody. So when they show up at the job, at the church, at the whatever, they, they talk to everybody like this, their kids. And I'm just using these as extreme examples. You know, some people who are bosses and used to telling people what to do can sometimes do the same thing. Some people are always looking for people to tell them what to do, like perpetual children, getting caught in the role, 
getting caught in the role, you start to think who you this is who you are. You know, uh, I've talked to some mothers who don't know what to do once all the children leave the home. You think, you know, OK, you know, they've done a good job, got them all into college or out of college, et cetera. And now it's them or them or, or them and their significant other spouse or whatever. And their role was wrapped up into being mom so long and getting the kids to the, to the, to the sporting events and the cheerleader and the soccer and the football and the basketball and the karate and, and the plays and all that other stuff that when that role stopped, they didn't know who they were. And, and as Eckhart Tolle talks about in the book, for some people, that's really a tough thing because they think they're supposed to have it all figured out at every moment. And that's the trick of this. Even with the best made plans of mice and men, there are going to be some variables that you can't account for. But who you are in the midst of those variables matter. In other words, who are you being in the in that moment matters. It's being present. So are you showing up as your role or are you showing up? Are you showing up as your um, as your authentic spiritual self? Now, I get this because, you know, if there's any ministers or religious teachers out there, I want you all to hear what I'm about to say. It's very uh, easy to get trapped into the role of being a minister, guru, teacher, etc. It's very easy to get caught up in the perception of this is how I this is who I am instead of this is an expression of who I am. In other words, it's not the totality of me. Even if my life life is wrapped around the process of giving what God has gifted me to give, but you can get lost in it. If you're not careful, no different than people can get lost in being whatever roles they play because a sense of importance comes with what we do. But in that importance, you can get lost and the other aspects of your soul, the creativity, the the joy, the fun, the, the whatever can get lost in that process if you aren't careful. Some people who um, who become um, spiritual teachers or if they don't want to become spiritual teachers, <coughs> excuse me, they want to walk the quote unquote path of enlightenment. Give up all attachments to human life. Well, you know, I don't have to watch TV, movies. I don't have to go out socially. I don't have to do all of these things instead of recognizing that when you put spirit first, when you put God first, then those other things can fall in line in a way that's harmonious where you don't necessarily have to give up life. Now, you know, you know, if you read back and how some of the people did certain things, they would. You know, some people would beat their bodies in a submission. You know, you read some of the old ancient stuff that some of these people did in these monasteries and things of that nature because they were trying to make the body um, um, respond to where their mind was going without realizing that the body wasn't what was fighting them. It was their own mind in the first place. I say all that to say spiritual teachers and walkers of enlightenment who might be listening to this. Put God first and use wisdom in how you enjoy things and realize you don't have to be attached. When you can enjoy without attachment, then you're free. And even in the case of ministry, when you're helping people and praying with people and counseling people in that role, realize that you can't be attached. To the outcome, you have to do what God has gifted you to do and be peace, be still with it. Uh, um, Dr. Rocco Errico, a friend of Christ Universal Temple, stated years ago when he presented here that it's not my job to convince, convert, or coerce anyone. My job is to present it properly. I let God do the rest. So, it's not your job to convince, convert, or coerce anybody. Just present it properly as God has given it to you and give the rest to God. You're not here to change or fix anybody. You're only here to allow the Christ in you 
to shine forth. We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst of teaching A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I did, I don't think I mentioned earlier that if you're listening to this show, I do request that you actually get the book so you can follow along because, again, I might cover three or four pages on a 25, 30 page chapter. So, it's really important that you get the book yourself. There's so many things I'm not going to even get an opportunity to touch base on. The only thing I want to do is introduce you all to some material that hopefully will allow you to grow, evolve, transform, and really, if nothing else, reflect on where you are to where you want to be in your spiritual journey. I also want to let you know that you can call in and ask questions. You can call in. Uh, call me at 888-558-6489. This is during the show, obviously. Again, 888-558-6489. I also want to let you know that I have a Facebook page. It's one of the easier ways to get in contact with me. It's actually preferred. Uh, you go to Facebook, and it's Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. and you can inbox me or put something on the page or whatever. It doesn't make a difference. If you if it's more private, inbox me. If it's just some general stuff, you can just put it on the page. Share the page with others. Like it. I, you know, I want to make sure that we get this message out because I do think that this new thought message that I'm presenting here and what Unity Online Radio is about is helping transform the consciousness of humanity. Last but not least, um, I will be speaking at the Panorama of Truth Conference in July, from July 23rd through the 27th in Chicago. I'm not speaking all of those days, but I am one of the primary speakers. And go to www.ufbl.org to get information. If you live in uh, the Chicagoland area, you can give you can call the church uh, through the Johnny Coleman Institute line at 773-568. One seven seven zero, yeah, one seven seven zero seven seven three five six eight one seven seven zero, and get more information about people who live in the area because they're 
I believe there's some, you know, people who live out of town, they'll be staying at the hotel and that has a rate to go. But there's also people who live in the Chicagoland area who might not want to do that. So there's some uh, accommodations that have been made for the people who live in Chicago. So call the Johnny Coleman Institute and get more information and wherever you can, you know, get in. Uh, we love to have you so we can uh, help again lift up the consciousness of humanity because again if I be lifted up I'll draw all men under me so as we rise in consciousness we help lift up the consciousness of everyone and again if you want to call into the show 888-558-6489 888-558-6489 now back to page 85 it states that uh, some ro- uh, excuse me. Some roles are subtle. Uh, I read that already. Some roles are designed simply to get attention from others. The ego thrives on others' attention, which is is after all a form of psychic energy. The ego doesn't know that the source of all energy is within you, so it seeks it outside. So, attention is a form of feeling as though it doesn't have something that it needs so the ego seeking attention will will do will have you do things and say things that'll get attention from others you know um you know it's sort of uh, sort of like a peacock you know how does a peacock get a, a male peacock get attention of the females it shows those beautiful feathers in the back and when we want attention from others we peacock we'll we'll figure out a way to let people know that they should be paying attention to us, whether that's doing it from a positive standpoint or um, what we would call negative. Back to the book, page 86. He says, and a shy person who's afraid of attention of others is not free of ego, but has an ambivalent ego that both wants and fears attention from others. The fear is that the attention may take the form of disapproval disapproval or criticism. That is to say something that diminishes the sense of self rather than enhances it. So the shy person's fear of attention is greater than his need of attention. And that's really powerful because people think that because a person is meek and mild, that means that they don't have an ego. No, it just means that the ego is being driven by fear. You know, uh, a person being quiet or a person being more confident does not necessarily mean that it's being ego driven. Again, you can be in the same space doing many of the same things and have different intentions. There are people are in, can be in your space and say, I love you and have the right face and the body language that's, that, that shows I love you. And that same another person can be in that same space, have the same energy projecting seemingly uh, and and tell a person they love them. But they're really trying to figure out a way to manipulate them, uh, potentially use them, uh, you know, steal from them, uh, all type of different things. People use the words like I love you and 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 emotional and physical intimacy to manipulate people. Uh, I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm just using that as an example that sometimes the same outer action is happening, but the intention is different. Therefore. Divine law not this doesn't work with what you do, but the intent behind it. So it's really important what your intent is, because your intent is what's coming through your consciousness. Now back to the book, going all the way down to the bottom of that page because there's so much good stuff. But again, we got to move on. Whenever you feel superior or inferior to anyone, that's the ego in you. So who do you do you ever feel inf- superior to other people? That you know you you know you know you you you're better. You know that's a subtle form of ego. Well, you can say, well, I'm more qualified. Qualified is different than better. You can say I'm better trained. Okay, trained is better than thinking you're a better person. You got to be careful with that. Well, you know, I go to church and I and I do whatever. I mean, your actions might be more in harmony with civil society, spiritual law, etc. Doesn't make you better 
than anyone else. Your actions can be quote unquote better. And I'm using that in quotations. But that doesn't make you better than someone else. You know, you can be an athlete and you have you, you have more skill. Or as I mentioned, talent. Uh, that doesn't make you a better person. That just means you have more talent than that person in that particular role. And maybe that's, you know, and, and that but that doesn't mean that a person who's a superstar athlete is a person who has great ethics, compassion. You know, I was watching um, uh, actor uh, Terry Crews, uh, African-American actor who used to play football in the NFL, and he was talking about why um, athletes many times lack discipline. They said, how can these guys who have to get up every day and train and live such a, uh, a disciplined life, you know, uh, you know, people getting in trouble, you know, at these, you know, locations with alcohol and many times wildness parties and other things are going on. And he said something that to me really stuck out. He said, because somebody's been telling these guys what to do and when to do do it for so long once they get out once they get out of the con- the context of the training in other words the off season once they I'm putting more words in his mouth but this is my interpretation they get the money they get the attention they get the you know in most cases the women and all the other things that go along with that then you add alcohol to it a good sense of of ego stroking and next thing you know they're putting themselves in positions that they don't need to be in because they've never had to actually do all the thinking for themselves. When they were in in college and high school, they were on the goal of trying to get to where they needed to get to. And somebody was watching them and making sure that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. When you're doing the season, you rarely hear about um, athletes getting in trouble during the season. It's normally in the off season when it's a lot of, I got to think for myself. And I was like, wow, that's a profound statement. Am I used to people telling me what to do and checking my space because I don't make deci- good decisions myself? That's a very valid point. You know, I, you know, I've jokingly said to people, you know, my grandmother would have never put up with that. I would these family, new family members, if they tried this, they tried that. My grandmother would have checked it, but, but, and I believe that to be true. The problem comes into play is if your decision making is only dependent on on you fearing what another person will think and not based upon any level of principles, morality, ethics, then sooner or later, you're going to fall. It's great that you don't want to embarrass mama. It's really great when you don't want to embarrass yourself. Now, back to the book. Page 87. Some egos, if they can't not get praise or admiration, will settle for other forms of attention and play roles to elicit them. If they cannot get positive attention, they may seek negative attention instead. For example, by provoking a negative reaction in someone. Some children already do that. They misbehave to get attention. And he goes on to show over and over again how people misbehave to get attention. So, in other words, he says it this way. Please tell me that I exist, that I am not insignificant. So if they don't feel as though they're getting the attention they desire, they can't get it positively, then they'll get it another way. And you got to be mindful of that. One way or another, pay attention to me. Now, a person's not thinking that consciously. They don't realize that this is, this is being driven by their um, the the painful past of the subconscious mind or the misperceptions that are in the subconscious mind and the, and the context that they live out of. But it is. But because you don't realize that's what it is, uh, to continue to get that attention, you'll do the things that will, um, will make people stop and pay attention to you. I remember a man telling me years ago that when he's doing everything right and he's being the dutiful husband, his wife doesn't give him attention and is very um, um, restricted, restrictive, excuse me, and giving affection. And I think you all know what I mean when I say that. He says, but when I mess up, when I start clowning, when I'm out partying and doing whatever and et cetera, and 
And she has to chase after me to help put this thing back together. He gets all the attention he wants and all the affection he wants. Now, if you want from your significant other attention and affection and doing positive things won't get it, then you'll do something else. He figured it out that he was doing it. That was the way he was able to stop the cycle of she only pays attention to me, really pays attention to me, and is really affectionate when she feels as though I'm clowning. That gets her attention. But when everything is regular, you know, I'm 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 invisible. Now, person, they're not even together now. That's not even the point. But he had to wake up to that because do I need to be a negative person? To get the attention from the person I want to be with? See, that's a wake-up call. That's a wake-up call. Who am I being in this experience to get out of it what I feel as though I need to get out of it? And do I like the person that is playing that role? So by playing the villain in in that situation, by clowning in that situation, he got what he wanted. And it's possible that you have situations and circumstances where you're playing a role in your life to get what you want out of it. But by playing the role, you get lost in it. This is why Emmett Fox, to paraphrase Emmett Fox, that the prisoner and the guard are both in jail. And that's important. The prisoner and the guard are both in jail. All right. Okay, about three minutes before the last break. Now, he also says on page 87, a very common role is the one of victim. And the form of attention it seeks is sympathy or pity or other interest in my problems, me and my story. Seeing oneself as a victim is an element in many egoic patterns, such as complaining, being offended, outraged, and so on. Of course, once I am identified with a story in which I assign myself the role of victim, I don't want it to end. And so, as very as every therapist knows, the ego does not want to end an end to its problems because they are a part of its identity. If no one listened to my sad story, I can tell it to myself in my head over and over and feel sorry for myself and so have an identity as someone who is being treated unfairly by life or other people, fate or God. It gives my, it gives definition to my self image makes me into someone. And that is all that matters to the ego. Mm. So by playing the victim, I have a identity. In other words, who am I without my victim story? Daddy wasn't there. Uh, I never knew my mother. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, illness, financial issues. I'm not diminishing any of them. I could go on and on and on, but because this is a podcast and I don't want misinterpretations of things I'm, I, I will say I'm, I'm not going to drill down into that but people identify with their stories and what they've been through instead of identifying with their wholeness and who they are in God and who God is in them so you, you have to be mindful of how you identify with yourself what you identify with which you allow your mental space to accept because you can get caught up in your space of your age, your gender, your, um, you know, orientation, heterosexual or homosexual. You can get caught up in, you know, this is a black issue. This is a white issue. This is a Hispanic issue. This is whatever. I'm not saying that you can't make a stand for things that you believe, but don't make that the whole sense of who you are. It's not the totality of you. It's an aspect of you. And it can get out of balance and become self-righteous. Be careful that the ego doesn't drive. Make sure that oneness drives, your spirituality drives the conversation, not 
the ego needs. You got to be very mindful of that. Very mindful of that. We're coming up to our last break. Um, again, you can call the show at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug?, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says spending time with Puzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 89 of A New Earth. I want to read about letting go of self-definitions. He states, as tribal cultures developed into ancient civilization, certain functions began to be allotted to certain people, ruler, priest, or priestess, warrior, farmer, merchant, craftsman, laborer, and so on. A class system developed. Your function, which in most cases you were born into, determined your identity, determined who you were in the eyes of others as well as in your own eyes. Your function became a role, but it wasn't recognized as a role. It was who you were or thought you were. Only rare beings that the time, such as the Buddha or Jesus, saw the ultimate irrelevance of caste or social class, recognized it as identification with form, and saw that such identification with the conditioned and temporal obscured the light of the unconditioned and eternal that shines in each human being. This reminds me of um, the movie Man of Steel by, um, that just came out about Superman last year. Um, one of the primary uh, concepts of the movie was that uh, Kryptonians, which is, of course, where Superman comes from. And if you're not uh, a, a Superman fan, just indulge me for a few minutes. 
I have a reason why I'm saying this. Uh, the Kryptonians were no longer being born. They would take the 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 genetic patterns, the eggs, et cetera, et cetera, from the uh, parents and grow them to the point to because it was impressed upon the genetics of these kids that they had to become certain people. So you came from a family line. All those people were warriors, family line, teachers, family line, scientists, et cetera, et cetera. So what ended up happening in the planet was uh, in the movie that uh, in this version of it, that that Superman or the baby Kal-El was the first baby that was born under normal means because his father, Jarrell, wanted his child to have choice that you don't have to come here and be assigned to a predetermined role. This is who you are before you've ever taken a thought. And then the movie plays out from there. Obviously, I'm not going to give the rest of it away, but that was just to let you know that when you start talking about predetermined roles, we start to think about how people perceive us and how we perceive ourselves. You know, th- there have been many studies about how um, uh, people in the prison systems are set, uh, uh, look at the data, the educational data of the tests from third and fourth grade um, um, kids in urban city, primarily African-American and Hispanic. And from there, they know to build more jails based upon their grades. They're projecting. Instead of, man, we need to put some money in the education system and help these kids. Maybe we should put some money into, uh, um, you know, um, parks and programs and after school activities and, um, you know, um, you know, anti-gang violence initiatives and, you know, more police in these areas. No, you get caught up in the role. You know, uh, you know, the other day I was driving downtown and it was late. And as I was driving down Michigan Avenue in Chicago, which is one of the primary, I, I was going down, you know, Magnificent Mile area where, you know, a lot of the, you know, it was just even at night, it was full. People shopping, spending a lot of money, um, having a good time and laughing. And I just chuckled to myself because every block I went down, I saw at least one police officer. And on one block, I saw three cops standing on one corner. And it was, and it was a, and you know, this is not you know, Galen's social uh, gospel that I'm about to preach. But as a person of perception who grew up on the south side of Chicago, in a primarily a good neighborhood, uh, middle class black neighborhood, uh, but mindful that that every area on the south side of Chicago and west side of Chicago is not necessarily like the neighborhood I grew up in, um, realized that, that their kids that don't have the benefit of it's a police officer on every block. It's a police, three cops on a corner, et cetera, et cetera. So while the people are down there shopping and eating and whatever, being protected, um, you know, CNN and ABC and everybody else is, is, is playing, um, is, is informing us of how our children can't walk to school or can't play in front of their houses and can't ride their bikes on their blocks. We get caught up in the roles these gang kid, banger kids, the adults, they go along with it and they're fearful of the things that are going on in their neighborhoods. They play the roles of not demanding the things of the people they put in the office to make sure that things get done properly and to make sure that real transformation happens in areas. Everybody gets caught in their role. And because people are paying role instead of being present to this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. People aren't present to that. See, because when you get to, you know, when when you get to the place of this is unacceptable, then your life shifts. You know, it's sort of like um, in in the civil rights era, when Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and the Mega Evers and those early people, uh, civil rights leaders decided this is unacceptable. the The world changed because of that. You have people in Middle Eastern, uh, Middle East countries right now quoting Martin Luther King because from a different culture, different race, different religion, still wanting to be free. Martin Luther King got it from Gandhi. Gandhi got it from Jesus. Meaning the nonviolence concept. 
he just expanded and took it. And Gandhi also got it from a man named um I can't remember his name now. He's a a Russian Christian who who believed in and um uh, I can't remember his name. I can't believe that. But anyway, if you look up Gandhi, you and you if you Google where Gandhi got his information from and in his teaching, it's a particular Russian Christian that was considered by some to be an anarchist because of his strong belief in nonviolence. But nonviolence from the standpoint of if it's if it's not consistent with what he considered the spirit of Christ and love, he didn't he didn't believe in supporting it and doing it. Now, why am I saying all of that? I'm saying it because when you get caught up in the roles, you play them out. So somebody's playing the role of the victim. Some people playing the role of the of the people that degenerate our society and et cetera, because people aren't present. They're not present. You have to become present to make a difference. When you become present, when you become active in your own consciousness, and you stop playing the role, realize you might have a role, but you're not the role. At any moment, you can change it. You know, this is what Reverend Coleman was talking about. Is we make when she said, "All we have to do is step over the line," but we have to, but we have made it so complicated that we make much ado about absolutely nothing, and most remain in the box. We remain in the box because we think we are the box. But when you get to the point of this is not happening, you know, uh, like a uh, Reverend Leroy Thompson, who wrote that uh, book, uh, Money Cometh, when he said he said to himself one day, I'll never be broke another day in my life. And he meant it. You know, no matter what now. And he meant that from a legal from a legal standpoint. But there are people who don't know a legal way out and I'm going to justify not by any way shape or form but they make the same decision but they do it negatively I'll never be broke again in my life so they steal rob drugs and all that type of stuff um, because they don't because they don't have the proper context to put it in a positive light and this is why it's important that people who who are waking up take a stand for what they've awakened to You know, how do I help my society get better? First, by, primarily by waking up myself and then living and interacting with people from an enlightened state instead of in the roles that the ego wants you to play. This is how you're supposed to talk. This is how you're supposed to dress. This is how you're supposed to do things, et cetera, et cetera. We get caught up in these things and not realizing that it's playing a, we're playing a part. We're not being who we really are. Let me try to hit one more point before I um for before we close the show out. Page ninety three. And I, again, there's so much stuff in this chapter. I realize now when I, I could have taught each chapter at least twice uh before I moved on to the next one. But it is what it is now. I'm sticking to my original role. Maybe one day I'll circle back on the show and redo this. Or, you know, do something else. I don't know. He says on page 93, if you are awake enough, aware enough to be able to observe how you interact with people, you may detect subtle changes in your speech, attitude, and behavior depending on the person you're interacting with. I believe everybody does this. At first, it may be easier to observe this in others than you may also detect it in yourself. The way in which you speak to the chairman of the company may be different in subtle ways from how you speak to the janitor. How you speak to the child may be different from how you speak to an adult. Why is that? You are playing roles. You are not yourself, neither with the chairman nor with the janitor or the child. When you walk into a store to buy something, when you go to a restaurant, the bank, the post office, you might find yourself slipping into pre-established social roles. You may become a customer and speak and act as such, and you may be treated by the salesperson or waiter who is also playing a role as a customer. A range of conditioned patterns of behavior come into effect because two human beings that determine the nature of the interaction instead of human beings conceptual mental images are interacting with each other that's key that's key instead of human beings conceptual mental 
images are interacting with each other. So your representative is meeting their representative and no true action is happening. This is why, as he talks about in this chapter, how when people get into relationships with each other and they're playing the roles of the conceptual mental image, who I need to be to be in this relationship, as you start to be around people more, especially when you move into them, more and more of the mental concept disintegrates and you start to deal with their base ego not their authentic spiritual self but base ego that's not trying to play the role to keep you or get you because they think they got you now and it's hard to maintain that energy all the time so it's important for you to realize that very rarely are you dealing with somebody authentically and they're authentically dealing with you most of the time it's your mental concept of who you think you need to be unconsciously in that role and they're doing the same be mindful of that be very mindful. He says the more identified people are with the, their respective roles, the more inauthentic the relationship the relationships become. All right. We're going to have to end there because I'm out of time. And this chapter has probably another 20 pages or so, if not more, um, probably another 30 pages. But that's for you to read, not me. I'm just doing an overview. I hope that this benefits you. Let me know. Reach out to me. Send me some inbox messages, uh, Facebook messages, even the email. Let me know how this show is impacting you. I love feedback. And please call the show. Don't be afraid to call. If you have questions or comments, please do so. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? 
Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.